Whoever comes to me, I have an unshakable foundation. We should be like trees planted by streams of living water that put down their roots so deep that we bring forth fruit in its season. amazing time we're having this morning in the presence of God and I'm very, very aware that um, anything is possible in this place and I know we can say that so often and it can almost become a cliche but I really want to, I really want to say that today, anything is possible in this place. The Bible says in His presence is the fullness of and we know it's the fullness of joy, the Bible says, but you find everything in joy. The joy of the Lord is your strength. In His joy is victory. In His joy is healing. A merry heart does good like a medicine. The more we rejoice, the healthier we will be. That's four of us, got that one. <laughs> Everything is in the presence of God. And um, I'd just like us to uh, stand to our feet just one more time and pray this morning if we could. Because I just believe God wants to do some things here today. Is that okay? Come on, let's lift our hands. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are almighty God. Lord, you've got so many descriptions about who you are in your word. You're the most high God. Lord, we're learning in this series, you are an unshakable God. You're a fire from the waist up, a fire from the waist down. You're a consuming fire. You're a God of understanding and grace. And Holy Spirit, we open our hearts to you afresh today. Lord, that in this place there would be fresh oil. Spirit of God, have your way in us and through us. We embrace you today. Lord, we open our hearts. Lord, we declare we're thirsty. Our desire is to be being filled with your presence. We sang earlier, one thing, that's one thing I need, one thing I'm seeking, and that is your presence. We honour you, Jesus. We honour you in this place. Lord and Saviour, Lamb of God, the resurrection and the life, we bless you today. We pour out our love on you today, Jesus. Spirit of God, we thank you for the honour we have and the opportunity we have of standing right here through the veil, washed in your blood, renewed by your life. Lord, right now we cast aside the sin and the weights and declare our fresh commitment to running with endurance 
the race set before us, a race of victory, a race where we're crowned winners. Father, we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. You may take your seats this morning. We're carrying on with part three of our, our series on unshakable this morning. Anybody want to live an unshakable life, yeah? Anybody want to be unshakable in every circumstance of life? Rock solid. So far in this series, we've discovered that we're in a kingdom which is unshakable with a king who is unshakable. <laughs> that is absolutely the foundation and the bedrock of everything that we're talking about. We found out last Sunday that the storms come, the floods come, but the wise person builds their house on the rock. They dig down deep through what everybody else builds their life on, on the sand. They dig further than superficiality. They build further, they dig deeper. They go, they put some effort into their life to get through what everybody else thinks is normality. Through what everybody else does, they dig down deep and they discover something unshakable, which is the wisdom, the word of God. The wise man is unshakable because he builds his house on something that is unshakable. Well, today we're going a little bit further and um, it's almost coming to the very core of what this series is going to become in our lives. We're going to go on into some practical stuff in the coming weeks. But we're coming really to the very heart of what this series is all about. So I make no apologies for going right in today. Is that okay? So you got your seatbelts on because it's going to be one of those Sundays. Let's turn to 1 Kings chapter 3. I've got quite a bit of scripture to read today. And um, it's because I've got a number of points to make. So here we are in 1 Kings chapter 3, verses 6 all the way through to, first, to verse 14. And Solomon said, you have shown great mercy to your servant, my father David, because he walked before you in truth, in righteousness and in upright of heart with you. And you've continued this great kindness for him and you've given him a son, which is Solomon, the one, the one who's speaking here. You've given him a son to sit on his throne as it is this day. Now, O Lord, my God, you have made your servant king instead of my father David. But I'm just a little child. I don't know how to go out or how to come in. And your servant is in the midst of your people whom you've chosen a great people, too numerous to be numbered or counted. Therefore, give to your servant an understanding heart to judge your people that I may discern between good and evil. For who is able to judge this great people of yours? And the speech that he prayed, it was a prayer to, to God. It, uh, excuse me, it uh, pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing. So God said to him, because you've asked this thing, you've not asked for yourself long life, nor have you asked for yourself wealth and 
riches, nor have you asked for the life of your enemies, but you've asked for yourself understanding to discern justice. So behold, I have done according to your words. God does according to our words. That's how God functions. God doesn't just do, do according to his will. God does according to our words. Let's say this. God does according to my words. In my life, his will comes to pass as I pray, as I speak. God does according to my words. Okay. So see, I have given you a wise and understanding heart so that there has not been anyone like you before you, nor shall anyone arise after you. Anyone who will be like you will arise after you. And I have also given to you what you've not asked for, both riches and honor, so that there shall be not anyone like you among the kings all of your days. So if you walk in my ways, if you keep my statutes and my commandments as your father David walked, then I will lengthen your days. That is the word of God this morning. He, um, he begins that, that prayer by saying, you've shown great commitment to my father. You stuck with him. And he says this, because he walked before you in truth. He walked before you in truth. You see, everything that we are in God has, has consequences into our lives. You honoured him because. You gave him stuff because. You anointed him, we could say, because. And this doesn't mean that we have a salvation of works where we need to work for stuff in order for God, you know, to get God's attention. But there are consequences. What you sow, you will reap. You don't reap what you haven't sown. You reap what you sow. And I, I think that expression that he begins is really at the very heart of the life of David. It says, he walked before you, God, in truth. Now, the Lord Jesus said this. He prayed this in John 17 when he was just going to the cross. He said, sanctify my disciples, sanctify them, Lord, by your truth. Your word is truth. So anytime you find in the Bible the word truth, you can substitute it with the word. Sanctify them by your truth. You can say sanctify them by your word and they shall know the truth, and the truth shall set them free, you can say, and they will know your word, and your word will set them free. No word, no freedom. Even in, even in Third John, there's the Apostle John just praying, and he's opening up saying, you know, beloved, I, I pray that you prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers, even though, even as you walk in the truth. Nothing pleases me more, John says, to hear than, than all the people that I've, I've inspired and put my life into are walking in the truth. You see, the reward of a church is not just a crowd, is not just you know, a great worship time. It's the people walk in truth. 
Your word, come on, is truth. So nothing pleases the Apostle John any more than to hear that his disciples, his people that were around him, the disciples of Jesus, but the people he led, he said, my children are walking in the word of God. Walking in the word of God, not just a little bit of positivity, but walking in the word of God. We're talking about being unshakable people. Unshakable people walk in the word of God. Solomon's prayer pleased God. Well, we know that without faith, it is impossible to please God. So we know he prayed, he prayed it in faith. That's a good prayer to pray, a prayer that we pray in faith, amen? What did he pray for? He prayed fundamentally for one thing. He said, God, will you give me an understanding heart? If you go into what he really prayed there. If you got your Bible, there's a little line down the middle and it's got little numbers next to it and it tells you what, you know, perhaps a more accurate, you know, translation. Now we understand these things a few hundred years on from when, you know, the Bible was translated. I know it's obviously being translated today, but, but a greater understanding of that is this. The, the, the um, son of David, Solomon, who had an understanding that the key is walking in the word, he said, okay, God, I want to pray this. At the very start of my reign as king, I've got a hard act to follow. How the heck am I going to lead this people? God, I need to discern what's right, what's wrong. I don't want to make a mess. I don't want to crush and burn what has been built so powerfully. He said, God, the one thing I'm going to pray is this. God, give me a hearing heart. A hearing heart. So many times the Lord Jesus said this. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. He wasn't talking about these. I have these in abundance. He's not talking about these ears. So many people can hear things with these ears. It's got nothing to do with hearing with these ears. He wasn't talking about the the things on your head. He was talking about the attitude and the openness of your heart. He who has an ear to hear, let him hear. Hear something more than with just these ears. You see, what you hear with these ears just goes into your brain. What you hear with these ears goes into your eternity. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 15 to 19. This is the Apostle Paul praying, who had an incredible ability to hear from God. Ephesians chapter (coughs) 1, excuse me, verse 15 to 19. Therefore, I also, after I've heard of your faith, Ephesian church, in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of, of him, that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know, not just hope, guess, pray, wonder, that you may know in your knower what is the hope of his calling and what are the uh, uh, 
riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe. I would love to get in now. I've got every, every bit of me wants to divert and talk about the blessing of hearing God. But let's just go back to the heart of the prayer. One translation says this, I pray that the eyes of your heart be flooded with light. Be flooded with light. That there would be a flood of revelation. A flood of understanding. An insight, wisdom. We're not talking about the heart of a person, the thing that just is a feeling on the inside or the pump. We're talking about the very spirit of a person that receives revelation through the power, the voice and the person of the Holy Spirit. Let's turn to Colossians chapter one, verse nine. See if we can see a theme here of what the church needs. Colossians chapter one, for this reason we also, since the day we heard of it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Can you see the thread? There's Solomon praying, Lord, I want to have a hearing heart. Give me a hearing heart. That is the key to the rest of my life. There's the Apostle Paul praying for the Ephesian, the Ephesian church, that the eyes of your heart be flooded with light, that you would receive revelation, that you would be alive on the inside with the Spirit and the Word of God. And we come over to the Colossian church that you may be filled with the knowledge, filled with wisdom, filled with the knowledge of the will of God in your life, for your life. Filled. Filled. We're not talking today about logic, learned knowledge, something we gain, This word you find in the Greek, which is to be filled with the knowledge of God, is a very powerful word. There are two words for knowledge. There's one that is you've learned this, you've gained it. You opened a book, you read it, you studied. And it's a good thing to gain knowledge, would you say? It's a good thing to be learners, always be learning, 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 understanding, wanting to develop. But that's not the word that we find here. It's a very particular word in the Greek that, it, that this comes from and it's this word exact knowledge. Exact knowledge. It means perfect, it means exact. You only get exact knowledge from one place, an exact God. A perfect God. You see, I can say something and I might say it a bit wrong and you may hear something and misunderstand me. So anything you get from me is not going to be exact knowledge. It's going to be learned knowledge. 
anything you get from a book or a course or a whatever, even, even somebody else, you know, sort of trying to give you insight. It can't ever be exact because we're not exact perfect people. But this is saying, this is saying, guys, we're not just talking about understanding on this level. We're talking about exact knowledge, perfect knowledge, powerful knowledge, knowledge that is, hasn't got anything to do with these ears. Something happens on the inside. Your heart is flooded with light. Something takes place on the inside and you're never the same again. This is truth revealed by God. It's revealed by the Holy Spirit who is in us. See, carnal knowledge is flawed. Things that we learn, but spiritual exact knowledge is spoken by an infallible God now, some of you might struggle with this statement, but into an infallible spirit. See, the moment you're born again, that spirit is created in the image of God and it is infallible. The problem is in the flesh. So the problem is, the problem's not in the spirit. The problem's in the flesh. And, you know, sometimes I'd love, I'd love to turn Sundays, you know, a little bit into sort of a Bible school. We're not going to, but I'd love to, I'd love to spend time on chapter and verse and chapter and verse to explaining just who you and I are. Sons of the living God. World overcomers. Oh, Lord Jesus, make me a world overcomer. The only person that can pray that is someone who's not a Christian. When you're born again, you become the image and the likeness of God. You become God in flesh. You become a child of the living God who is undefeatable, unquenchable. You are alive, you are alert, you are victorious. You have the mind of Christ. You have a spirit of faith. You have the oil of joy. I'm not just trying to become like Jesus. I was born like Jesus. Yes. Born like Him. I need to grow up. But that's who we are when we are born again by the Spirit of God. See, today, guys, I'm going boom right into the middle of this thing. The Christian life is a life spent growing the spirit and crucifying the flesh. There's a war, spirit and flesh. The problem is not in the spirit. The issue is in the flesh. So walk in the spirit and the flesh won't be a problem. So many Christians try to deal with the flesh so they can walk in the spirit, but the Bible says completely the opposite. Walk in the spirit and the flesh will die. The flesh will die off, it won't be a problem. Oh, Pastor Jay, will you pray about all these thoughts I'm having in my mind? No, let's build your spirit and your mind will obey what your spirit says. Oh, I'm having so many emotional problems. Oh, I need all this emotional help and all this emotional this and this emotional that. No, come on, let's build the spirit, man, and the emotions shut up. Next week or the week after next, whenever it is, a couple of weeks' time, I'm dealing on having an unshakable soul. Because the soul is the problem. It's also the blessing. <laughs> so spirit, God speaking into an alive, alert, infallible spirit created in the image of God. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 16. <coughs> Verses 13 to 19. When the Lord Jesus Christ came to the region of Caesarea Philippi. He asked his disciples saying, who do men say that I the son of man am? 
And they said, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah and others, Jeremiah, one of the prophets. And he said to them, who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, you know it had to be Simon, don't you? Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you. Blessed are you, Simon. Oh man, if only we could get what he said to Peter then. (laughs) Blessed are you, Simon. We've turned that into a little greeting. God bless you. God bless you. Oh, bless you. (gasps) Bless you. (laughs) Man, have we reduced the power of what Jesus said. Have we reduced the strength of what he spoke. The blessing of God. Do you remember there was a, a prophet who said, I can't curse what God has already blessed. If it's already blessed, I can't touch it. There is no power like the blessing of God. To know that you are blessed with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places. To know that everything you put your hand to is blessed. It's not a prayer request. It's a position in Christ. (laughs) Oh man, I got to stop clapping because I'm told it goes down the microphone now. I got a new mic and it's going to go boom, but perhaps somebody needs waking up. So I'm going to do it again. (laughs) Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. You didn't get this with your ears. You didn't get this out of a book. You didn't get it out of a sermon on a Sunday. But my Father who is in heaven has revealed this to you. And I also say to you that you are Peter. That word to be blessed means to be empowered. Unshakable, undefeatable. But then he takes it one step further. And when he says, you didn't get this by learning, you didn't get it through your physical senses, you didn't see it with these eyes, you didn't hear it with these ears, you didn't learn it because you touched it. You didn't learn it because you smelt it. You see, our five physical senses are our physical learners. Yet we learn through what we touch, taste, see, smell, hear. And if that's where we live, we're going to live a very shakeable life. I won't believe it till I see it. I won't believe it till I heard it. Oh, then I heard it and I was really encouraged. No, come on, we got to live way past our five physical sense gates. We got to live in this place of blessing. You didn't get these with your ears, you didn't learn them. And he said, as a result, Simon, I'm going to now from this point on, I'm going to call you Peter. Again, if we could see what he really called him, he called him Rocky. (laughs) He called him Rock. He called him Rock. He said, Simon, now you've received a revelation, something's changed in your life. Now you've received a revelation from the Father, you are more solid than you were before. You're a piece of rock now. 
Then he goes on to say, and upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of Hades, the gates of hell, however you want to interpret that, shall not prevail against it. And I will give to you, Peter, the rock, the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind or allow or um, unallow, disallow, on earth will be bound or not allowed in the spirit. And whatever you allow on earth will be allowed in heaven, in the spirit. Now that's a, a huge subject I'm not going to... I'm not going to touch today about authority and the keys of the kingdom, but the fact is this. He gave the keys to a rock-like person. And then he says, upon this rock, I will build my church. And he uses a different word for the word rock. It's a different word. I call you rock, a piece of rock, Peter. A piece of rock, and it's like, it sort of speaks of a, a rock. Rock means rock. You've got them in your garden. Hopefully not on your flower bed. A rock. And then he says, upon this massive rock, like, the, like an island. Not just a piece of rock, but the big rock that the piece of rock came from. Same substance. But that's the rock, and that's the rock that's been hewn from that rock. So Peter, you have now become the substance of the big rock that I'm building my church upon. Wow. We learned the other week, he who digs down and builds his life upon the rock is unshakable. I want to add to that understanding today. We don't just build our life upon the rock that is unshakable. We become the rock that is unshakable. He uses a different term for the word rock. Now, of course, absolutely, I understand that Jesus Christ is the chief cornerstone of the church. But that is not what he's talking about in this passage of Scripture. When he says, upon this rock... I will build my church. He's not saying upon the rock of Jesus Christ, even though we know Jesus is the rock. But in this passage, what is he saying? He's saying, okay, you didn't learn this with these ears. You didn't see it with these eyes. You didn't touch it with these hands. You bypassed all of that. You received a revelation. Everybody say revelation. We're going really into this today. You received a revelation from the Father who is in heaven, that means you are blessed, that means you are solid now. You weren't solid, you were changeable, now you're unshakable. You have become the substance of rock because you've received a revelation from the Word of God by the Spirit of God from the Father who is in heaven and upon this rock, what is this rock? The rock of revealed knowledge. The rock of hearing from heaven. Not with these ears. With this ear. He said, upon this rock of hearing from God, I'm going to build my church. And that church is undefeatable. That life is undefeatable. 
That's why Solomon prayed what he prayed. He may have not had all the understanding and the church had not been birthed, but the principles are the same. This is why he prayed, I want a hearing heart because God said, I give you a hearing heart. You know what he did that day? He made him rock-like. And upon that rock, he built the kingdom. At that point, that was Israel being built and the temple and everything else. No wonder it was unshakable. No wonder the enemies came one way and flee seven ways. It's, a, it's built on the rock of hearing from God. No wonder whatever they put their hand to prospers. It's built on the rock of revealed knowledge. He said, no wonder when you get this, you get everything else. <laughs> you, get, you get everything else you didn't have to pray for because you've become a rock and you're built on a rock. Are you getting anything out of this today? The only way we receive anything from God is by revelation. The only way we get anything from God is by revelation. Oh God, I pray that you meet my needs. Well, if you don't have a revelation that your needs are met, your needs will never be met. Don't care how much you pray. Oh God, heal my life. If you don't have a revelation that by his stripes you were healed, no matter how much you pray, you ain't getting healed. This is tough today. This is right into the heart of this thing. Whatever we receive from God is by revelation. No wonder... No wonder the devil wants to stop us hearing from God. Not often we talk about the devil from the platform. But let me tell you this, he's very real. And he's arrayed against your and my life. He's not making the fridge shut down and the car not start. That's not the work of the devil. That's just old car and bad fridge. <laughs> oh, Pastor Jay, I'm under attack. <laughs> I'm under attack. The car won't start. No, that ain't attack. <laughs> that is not an attack that's just life are you with me but you know what the enemy does it's clear in the word of God the devil comes to steal the word parable of the sower seed sown on the pathway immediately the devil comes the Bible's clear it's what it says immediately the birds of the air the devil comes and takes away and your life just becomes a pathway The work of the enemy is to steal the word. This is why John prayed, beloved, I am so thrilled to hear that you are walking in the word. It's not being stolen from your life. Everything we get, we get from revelation. When you receive a revelation of the love of God, you are victorious over strife and unforgiveness. Yes. You can pray about forgiveness all of your life, but until you get a revelation that I am loved and I'm filled with the love of God and in the name of Jesus, I can love anybody. Yes. Until you get the revelation of love, you will never be victorious over unforgiveness and strife, no matter how much counselling, how much input or, or whatever. It comes from revelation. Yes. When you receive a revelation 
about healing, you're exalted and victorious over sickness and poverty and, and strife and all the rest of it. The name of Jesus is a strong tower. Not just having the name, so many people pray in the name of Jesus, and it, but it's a revelation of the name of Jesus that does anything. It's a revelation of the name of Jesus. The Bible says the name is a strong tower and the righteous are lifted high up. Why? Because they run into it. They get a revelation of it. Revelation is the key to victory. Jesus said the gates of hell will not prevail against the revelation. The devil circumstances cannot prevail against what you know. Because it's a rock on the inside. It's truth on the inside. This is what the unshakable Christian life is all about. Hearing from God. I fear sometimes that today's Christianity is not grounded on hearing God. But it's grounded in feelings. I feel this and I feel that and I want this and I want that. The unshakable Christian life is a life of revelation. This is why praying in tongues is so important. This is why our life, everything we heard last week is so important. It's not just so we can just be nice Christians. This is so we can receive revelation. It's so we can be strong on the inside, revealed word of God on the inside of us through the Holy Spirit into the heart of a person is the key to the victorious Christian life. Four points as we close. Number one, how do we do this? What is this all about? Revealed knowledge. What is it? Have I ever had a revelation? I don't know if you've ever had a revelation. I trust you have. But they're supposed to be a regular occurrence, daily basis. God revealing, God speaking. That's why Paul said, I pray you're flooded with light. The eyes of your understanding, I want to pray for Citygate today, that the eyes of our understanding would be flooded with light. What a church that would be. What a small group that would be. First point, God in me, God in you. First Corinthians chapter two, verses nine to 16. But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard nor has it entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. I can't stand it when Christians pray that prayer. Oh God, no one knows what you've got planned for us, only you know. They don't just don't read the rest of the flipping verse. The next word is but. <laughs> That's an Old Testament verse that is redundant now. It's been upgraded and updated. Restart. But God has now revealed them to us by His Spirit. Why? Because we're not in the flesh. Oh, nobody knows. God does things in mysterious ways. Not anymore, He doesn't. 
They were mysterious back then because all they had was their ears and their eyes. They didn't have the only bloke who had a hearing heart was, was Solomon. No one else had one. They had to be told. But you and I, the church of Jesus Christ, those who have said yes to Jesus have received the Holy Spirit. We now have not God around us. We have God in us. We have the Holy Spirit in us. I'm not praying to a God out there. I'm praying to a God in here. Not me, God in me. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. When I talk to myself, I'm talking to Jesus. (laughs) Some of you are going to get this. Some of you, the lights are going to turn on. Something's going to happen. Revelation on the inside. But God has revealed the things that you can't see and you can't hear by His Spirit. But God has revealed them to us by His Spirit for the Spirit searches everything. The Holy Spirit searches everything, even the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man that's in him? That's saying, Tim, only you know what's on the inside of you. You spirit on the inside of you know what's going on in your head. I don't know what's going on in your head unless God tells me. And he's not telling me right now, so I can't take that anywhere. <laughs> no, I do get it. God, uh, you're, you're thinking, wow, this is an amazing sermon. I'm, I'm hearing life-changing message here that I'm never going to be the same again. That's, what, that's what's going on on the inside right now. But only Tim knows what's going on on the inside of Tim. Only the spirit of Tim knows what's going on in the life of Tim. And only the spirit of Pastor Jay knows what's going on in Pastor Jay right now. Even Sharon, who's known me for 35 years, married for 32 years and wonderfully close and married and it's wonderful. She doesn't know what's going on on the inside of me. She has to say, what's going on on the inside of you? (laughs) Yeah? What are you thinking? You know what? When a lady says, what are you thinking? And a bloke says nothing. That's what's happening. Nothing. It's true, isn't it? Nothing. Now, I know if I said what's going on in your mind now, I've got to sit down and have a coffee and put the couch up because, dear God, there's everything going on inside of Sharon. But blokes, come on, you know. What's, what are you thinking? Nothing. Nothing. Checked out. So Tim, only Tim knows what's going on on the inside of Tim and only I know what's going on on the inside of me. That's the point this is making. For what man knows the spirit of man, the, the thoughts of a man except the spirit of the man that's in him? And what, it says, who knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God that's in God? Yeah? So these things are separate as they were in the Old Testament. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man that's in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Don't leave it there. You see, I don't know what's going on on the inside of God. He knows what's on the inside of me because he's everywhere. But I don't know what's going on on the inside of God. No, keep reading the verse. Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received, past tense, not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God that we might know the things that are going on on the inside of God. What we've been freely given from God is not a mystery anymore. 
It's only a mystery if you don't have a revelation. These things we also speak, not in words that are taught by man's wisdom, but, but, but by words by the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit. So stop trying to engage your natural man with the Spirit of God. Engage your heart with the Spirit of God. Revelation. Because they're, spiritual, they're spiritually discerned. For he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But, I love these buts in the Bible, but we have the mind of Christ. How do we have the mind of Christ? Because we have the Spirit of Christ. What knows, who knows the mind of Christ but the Spirit of God? Only God knows the mind of God and the Spirit of God knows the mind of God, but we've received the Spirit of God. Therefore, we know the mind of God. This is the unshakable life. Oh, Pastor Jay, I don't know what God wants. Get a revelation. Oh, Pastor Dad, I just don't know what God has for me. You have the Spirit of God, so you know the mind of Christ. What's happening is we're not engaging the Spirit man. So point number one, God in me. Point number two, God speaking to me. Now, God speaking to me is not something that is a, a choice. God thinking, oh, I'll speak to, I'll speak to Tim today something we've got to understand is we have the Bible which is always talking you see I don't want us to think oh you know I need to spend this real deep long time with God and see if God will speak to me and develop a heart so I can hear whatever he said he's already said it all seriously you know please don't be chasing for stuff that's not in the Bible until you've got a fat revelation of what is in the Bible it's a book full of revelation. What's the unshakable life? The Word made flesh inside of you and me. The Word revealed on the inside of us. The Bible, the Word of God. I fear, it's a strong thing to say, but that the church, not Citygate of course, that the church is in this, what's my verse for today? mentality now it's great to start there please start somewhere but it, dear God you can't live on one one little grain of sweet corn a day or one grain of rice I'm not talking about how long we spend in the Bible we work we got families we got kids we got offices we got we got life I get it I get it I get it but you know what we can do God flood my heart with light get the word of God in your ears I've never been a reader. I hate reading. Leaders are readers. Well, I buck the trend. I just don't like books. Whoever invented that, God did. He wrote one. I'm far better with audio. Far better. If you're better with books, wonderful. I know some people love, they know I hear them say, I get my book, I curl up and I read. And I think, I get a book, I curl up and I fall asleep. It's like, I just, no, thank you. You know, please, I know I buy books for everybody. I bought hundreds and hundreds of books in the last year, literally, for, for all our pastors and whatever. Do what I say, don't do as I do. 
read this book. No, I do read some because I do. But it's like, it's a struggle for me. But guys, open your heart. Receive a revelation from God. When you receive a word from God, you are blessed, you're stronger, you're rock-like, you're unshakable, you're exalted over whatever it is that would be the problem if you hadn't had the revelation. Your life gets into a place of victory and authority. I absolutely believe 1,000% in the victorious Christian life. I love the fact as a church, we're empathetic. I love the fact as a church, no matter what you're going through, God has got a plan for your life. No matter what you're going through, God's going to come in and make a way where there is no way. No matter what you're going through in your life, God will bring up every valley and bring down every mountain. I love the fact that God says, I will turn this around. I'll turn the curse into a blessing. That which the enemy meant for evil, I'll turn it around and I'll unpick it and I'll reweave it and make it together for good. I love all of that. But dear God, don't exalt the problem. Don't exalt the problem. Ah, oh, Pastor Jay, you know, he, do you know what I'm going through? Yeah, but there's victory. Ah, oh, but Pastor Jay, I'm really struggling now. Yeah, but the Bible says he who builds his house is unshakable. Ah, oh, but Pastor Jay, don't be fall-minded, be, be arise-minded. Don't be death-minded, be life-minded. Are you, is this all right today? Are you getting anything out of this? This is revelation it's hearing from God how are we going to live these victorious unshakable world overcoming lives that we already have in the spirit it's by revelation God speaking to me by his word you know when the light turns on point number three I receive a revelation of what God says the light turns on. Boom. Wow. The Bible says the entrance of his word brings light. When the apostles of old, prophets of old, ate the word of God, it says it was joy to me. Something happens when the light turns on. Joy explodes. No revelation, no joy. No joy, no revelation. The greatest praise times you can ever have is because God's spoken to you. Wow. It's an explosion of joy. It's an explosion of life. Singing songs like we were singing today. and When it's just a word, it's boring. I said to the band after the sound check this morning, dear God, you should have played on Eurovision last night. You would have smacked it out of the ballpark. I'd have voted for you. Not this protest vote that goes on year by year. It's hilarious. Man alive. When you sing by revelation. What a powerful name it is. Oh, I love that. Isn't that lovely boy? Lovely words and lovely words. What a powerful name it is. Power, come on. Yes. 
in Jesus' name. Devil, take your hands off of God's property. I declare the name of Jesus over my life. I declare the name of Jesus over my finances. I declare the name of Jesus over my marriage. I declare the name of Jesus over my health. I declare the name of Jesus over my my property. I declare the name of Jesus over my mind. I declare the name of Jesus. What a powerful name it is. What a powerful name when revelation kicks in. God's speaking to me. Get in the word, walk in the word, speak the word, pray the word. Number three, as the band comes up, please. I receive a revelation of what God says. The light turns on. Joy, conviction, faith comes by hearing the word of God. No, it doesn't. Faith comes by hearing. Doesn't say faith comes by hearing the word of God. It says faith comes by hearing and hearing is developed as we get in the word of God. Hearing the word doesn't bring anything because all you're doing is this. Faith comes by developing hearing and hearing comes as we get in the word of God. The light turns on. Joy comes, vision comes, hope comes. A hearing heart is developed. Faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Faith is unshakable. Faith is the power of God in action through our lives. Where does it come from? Receiving a revelation. Number four, I live in the good of the revelation I've received from God. We've been talking about you know, Solomon who referred to his, his father, David. He said he walked in truth. He walked in the word of God. He walked in revelation. He said, I've seen him live like this. I want to live like this. I want to receive a revelation. I want to receive a revelation. I want to be alive on the inside, Father. I love to think about David, David and Goliath. I killed a lion, I killed a bear. I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm talking about. I'm unshakable on the inside. Why? Because I have a revelation that I have a covenant with God and Goliath doesn't. He can be as tall as he wants to be. He can be as powerful as he wants to be. He can have a weaver's spear like a weaver's beam four meters long. He can weigh whatever. He can be the size of whatever, but nothing can defeat the revelation that I have on the inside that by his stripes I was healed. That whatever I put my hand to, I don't care what comes against me. My revelation will over, the gates of hell will never prevail against the revelation in the child of God. Never prevail. How can you say you're healed, Pastor Jay, when it's obvious to me that you're not? Because I've got a revelation that I am. How can you say God's going to bring you through this when all the signs say it's not? Because I have a revelation that whatever I put my hand to prospers. It's a revelation. How's your revelation today? All the answers to life's shakings are found in the unshakable spirit of a hearing heart. Did you get anything out of that today? Boom. Let's stand to our feet, shall we, in this place?
revelation. What an amazing way to live your life. Hearing from God. I think we've got a hungry church for hearing from God. It's not often I preach like this on a Sunday. I sort of let the horse out of the stable today. But it's, it's important sometimes. It's important sometimes to say, guys, come on. Let's have a hunger for revelation. Revealed knowledge. Something that your flesh says one thing, but you know something different. Everyone else is saying one thing, but you know something different. The doctor says one thing, you got a revelation of something different. Gates of hell can't prevail against it. Let's pray, shall we? Father, we thank you that you are a speaking God and you've spoken everything that can be said about our lives. You've already said it. You're not saying anything new. You've written it all in a book for us. And as we open that book and as we set our minds on things above, as we pray in the Spirit as we open ourselves up. Your Word enters sharper than any two-edged sword. Cuts right in. Not in a painful way, in a powerful way. You reveal truth to us. And today, Lord, we commit to being those who do Your, your Word. Not just hear it only. that we live in the good of the word you reveal to us. Holy Spirit, we invite you afresh, like the Apostle Paul prayed, that the eyes of our heart, the eyes of our understanding will be flooded with light, exact knowledge, revealed knowledge from the Spirit of God. Lord, that we would not be carnally minded, but we would be spiritually minded, which is life and peace. Thank you, Lord, that each and every person in this room here today has the opportunity to live this way. And we receive it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen.